0: This is Lost in the Groove,
1: where we have really awesome and meaningful conversations week after week, things that matter to you.
2: The Nokia brick phone. Yeah. Uh, The the brick phone, and then I played so much Snake. (laughs) Oh my
0: god, yes!
2: Yes! An uncomfortable amount of hours, for whatever reason.
0: I had my first phone was an Nokia, and then I had a um uh that slider phone. What was it called? Um, Sidekick. I had a Sidekick,
2: I had a G1, and that was like the cool. I still want one, I still want like a modernized version of it. That would be amazing. Um, uh, I don't know why. I like buttons. That's the thing. I can't just like, you know, back in the, back in the whatever number pad days, you know, I, I, I knew exactly how many times to press a button to get to a letter. And, you know, I could do the same thing with the keyboard, but mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, you know, I don't know.
1: Mike, do you remember the good old times? Uh oh. when you said sidekick, I'm like, dude, I remember I wanted one as a, as a teenager. I think I was like 17. Uh, but I think this was um, the maybe a later generation. This, so this must have been two thousand six or two thousand seven. I like got that.
0: mine in two thousand and ten. Twenty ten. That was the second phone um, I ever had.
1: So the one I'm thinking of as being that I'm as old as I am must have been like first generation then.
0: I think so. Yeah. We're Uh, all old. You know, like, we're all, like, young, old. We're not, like, (laughs) you know, old, old, like, back in the old day. But, like, we're just at the precipice of, like, the past and now the future. And with that.
2: Precipice. S-A-T word right here. Let's go. (laughs) And with that,
0: we're going to start. I don't know exactly what we're doing, but we're going to start something.
2: I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be more than fine. It's going to be amazing.
0: It's going to be chill. I like the attitude. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with, with everything that's going on, the first thing that comes to my mind is education. Why is this? So for me personally, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, I grew up in a cult. I was dyslexic and there really was no structure it was where you're disabled even though i'm not disabled i'm 100 percent a functional human being but that's how you're labeled so i didn't really have an education i had more of a military religious Battle tactic of a type of education. I can't explain it any better, but I'm sure you people can figure it out when you're doing your crossword puzzles. Uh, mm. But that's my experience. And, <clears throat> you know, we have an incredible guest here today to talk about education and what it is on both sides the educators, the people that are actually in the work doing it, they are teachers in classrooms. And working in these different types of programs. So, I'm going to stop talking because this is what I do. Hey, it's so nice to have you here. Can we get a little introduction? We
2: love little introductions. Yes, my name is Yehi. And I'm, you know what? Thank you for, you know, not trying to say my name first off. And letting me say it so that there's no chance of um, confusions. Yes, But I've been an educator for so long. I've been wanting to be a teacher since I was 14. And I consider myself an educator since then because I never stopped tutoring at that from that point. Um, but I was born with cerebral palsy in a country that was that where um, disabled people are not seen as first class citizens. And so uh, my parents, I was lucky enough to, for them to bring me here to America. And lucky could be subjective at this point in, in, in life and in, in history right now, but anyway. Um, but I came to America where um, I wasn't seen so much as my disability, even though I still am, but not in the way that that, that it that it was in Korea. And um, I've been a teacher for three years officially, but I've been in the education se- sector. In tutor, in being a tutor and working for Mathnasium and Kumon, and and being a substitute teacher, and even being an RA in college, just generally handling young people. And I've recently um, quit outside of the classroom, but I got a new job, so I'm here on the other side. But boy, has it been a ride! (laughs) And, um. I got some pretty unique perspectives, considering I am a disabled teacher, and I would love to talk about that today.
1: And we look forward to it. I mean, uh, there was there was so much there, and it's it, it truly is a pleasure to have you on. Mm-hmm. Um, at, you know, at every stage of life, there's an opportunity to educate, and some of us may not even notice that we're doing so. Um, just trying to trying to help people out along the way when you said uh, you were lucky enough to to come here uh, did you notice a difference um, right away from how life was in South Korea compared to when you got here?
2: absolutely I was being heavily bullied in Korea with my disability I so I was in a stroller for a very long time longer than most children and um, one thing about one thing that's beautiful and also kind of not so great about Korea is its pride and they have like kind of a nativist attitude. They they like kind of that unity. But with that comes that um you're you're sacrificing individuality in a way. Of course we have Korean fashion, it's all over it's all over social media and everything like that. But when it comes to social norms you're expected to follow it. And I know that a lot of people will be like, Oh, we do that here too but you'll you'll see it's, it's a difference. Different. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, I can. And so,
2: yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I can, I can relate. I can, uh, you know, we've spoken about this. My dad comes from Morocco. So Morocco is one of those weird countries in the middle East where it's all about that unity and triumph and advancement. Morocco is, is, is a very industrial, very, upscale arab country in the middle east in that whole arab district but that comes with a cost so in morocco yeah being gay is not such a you still can get killed for it you know there's you don't necessarily feel that safety net because it doesn't really exist
2: right and me as a Um, Four or five year old kids still on the stroller. Um, So, my parents tried to put me in like a regular school in Korea, but they weren't able to because um, they like administrators and teachers just thought that I wouldn't be able to follow along or that I'd be too much work for the teacher. At that point, I couldn't walk by myself or anything. So, they'll have to help me like go to the bathroom, and there's no like special education program within the school or anything like that. So, they recommended me to, um, to like, a special ed school, but the problem with that is when you get there, um, there's, the expectations are dirt um, for you to succeed. I don't know how how much of it is anymore. I mean, it's been, what, last time I, I've been there was, I was five years, it's been 21 years, so, but um, in any case, when I got there, um, they tried to teach me the Korean alphabet for, like, six, eight months, when I was very obviously to my parents or anyone who would give me even a second to talk um, when I was capable of more than that. So um, when they realized that there was really no future for me because of the social norms, uh, my, my dad immediately applied to be sponsored here and um, moved us here in 2002. It was right after, it was right after, oh no, yeah it was kind of right after 9-11 as well so that was crazy um that's a whole other thing but um but when I got here it's like I had friends no one's like separating the desks to strand to, to keep me stranded in the middle of the classroom like that's crazy um I had a boy have a crush on me which was like unheard of ever things like that kids wanted to take so and, and then and then so, I don't know how I ended up with a wheelchair i where I got that resource but kids were like lining up to help me um roll my wheelchair through the school the campus grounds and even recess and stuff like that like things like that it was just like mind-blowing I never thought I would even have genuine friends until I don't know so um and 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 teachers gave me a chance to to show myself and my capabilities I was failing everything at first. Cause I didn't know like American culture or the language so much, but within the, within two years I've been getting, I was getting honor rolls consistently up until I graduated high school.
1: That's incredible. I mean, it's such an amazing story though. Um, and I can understand from a father's point of view, it's, you know, that that was such a, a, a leap of faith and lucky enough that it was approved and you guys got to come here, but night and day between the uh, the experiences to have a, a little more of a, a, a normal environment to be able to grow and feel comfortable to grow. But uh, you said something that uh, that struck me and, um, and I suppose it's not uncommon, but you had said whenever anybody gave me uh, a moment or an opportunity to listen to what I had to say so that they can understand like you were capable of so much more than th- what their expectations were
2: yeah and um and it was crazy because my parents didn't just like bring me here out of the blue they were preparing I mean I mean the whole oh, uh okay. work fees work sponsorship process takes a while And so during that time, um, my parents put me in like in English classes so that I'll start off with something. But um, just to prove my capabilities and like point that out, like I was in an English class full of thirteen-year-olds and I was like four, and kids were mad at me for that. Um, I've taken an aptitude test, and um, I remember doing well, very well. I don't necessarily know what it was for. I think it was for like IQ or creativity or both but um the evaluators were telling tell my parents or telling my mom specifically that i was very smart very bright and there was one mom in particular i don't know who it was exactly but i, I still remember it to, to this day it's seared in my brain like it shows like that that, that test must have been wrong or false or, or like there's no way that she could do better than my kid
1: Wow. And hearing
2: that as a very small child really made an impression of like, I really have no future here. And even as a kid, I, I felt that. As, um,
1: so, so to me... This was in Korea? Yeah. Is, is, is This happened right. in South, South Korea? Korea? Okay. A developed so, country. So they noticed how intelligent you were and how capable you were. They just felt like the amount of work to be able to uh, integrate you into a classroom they felt was problematic for them was it was that, Was that right. what, it, what it was
2: i think it was kind of both there were assumptions for those who you know not everyone is there at that moment but it's like there's assumptions of like oh a four-year-old kid still in a stroller That I might that they assumed that i was mentally incapable but also there was that you know those who realized that i have some um potential at the very least, yes, it would take a lot for the teachers. So there was a there was a lot of both.
1: I understand. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow is right, Dave. You no know, incredible story.
0: It is. And it's just we've spoken about this before. We we tend to have this idea in America where it's so bad, it's no way possible it's happening anywhere else. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you a great example. I lived in a socialist country for four years. It's called Israel. There's a lot of things that we have here that we take for granted you cannot have there because it goes against the conduct and the rules of those countries. So when we look at education, are we looking at a perspective of like you mentioned, where they don't want to work on it, or they don't have the right resources, or they have no desire to do so. Right. Where does the balance yes. start? Exactly. That's the question.
2: I have no idea, but I mean, I would like to. I would like to know how things are now. Um, I, I'm not quite. Um, I don't have faith that it's, like, even nearly as – I'm going to put nice in quotation marks as here. But, um, for example, like, the equivalent of the ADA didn't come about until, like, 2005. And it's not even even well enforced. Um, you, people with you, disabilities are not can, – yes? Can you,
1: can you tell us what ADA is and for the listeners and for, and for us to uh, just understand really quick?
2: Please. Um, ADA means America's Americans with Disabilities Act, Got and um, so you know you can't discriminate with for those with the disability, and yeah, to give some kind of accommodations, especially in like a school setting. Um, but something like that didn't come about until well into the 2000s, and by <gasps> then I'm already 10. Yeah. And um, and that just means also it's not going to be well enforced if it's brand new like that.
0: Right. It wasn't. But in any was- case it wasn't well-reforced. I mean, I told you, like I I grew up in the early 2000s and even when this act existed, in my cult, if you had autism, you had dyslexia, you had any type of learning disabilities, you were the same. So I was put in the same schools as kids that were autistic. I'm not talking about like, at the beginning of the spectrum, I'm talking about people that are already far advanced.
2: Right, yeah, and that's where I was at too. Um,
1: that's that's kind of what I was curious about so like when you got here um, did you try some of the programs that were available Uh, did you find those to be useful Um, did you find things that could have been improved did they eventually get improved
2: um I was actually just with just in a classroom full of everyday you know quote unquote normal or on level whatever you want to call it students and I was doing fairly well I had a huge learning curve um which I came here around second grade and she was not a great teacher but I still made it out (laughs) but um it took me no time to learn you know grammar and stuff like that I remember one day it was it was like one of my first few weeks of being in second grade I kind of got in in the middle of it and I've totally failed a states and capitals quiz. But then that night, my mom helped me um, study for it. And the next day, I got 100. Like. Awesome. Boom. boom. Put the I ball mean, in the basket.
1: <laughs> as long as you know.
2: Score. But, you know, just from that, there's a lot of potential there. When I was in fifth grade, um, we had like, you know, math drills, you know, of basic arithmetic. And I remember there were, like, distinct colors of these sheets, which signified different levels. And I finished everything within, like, five days. So um, so I played Organ Trail for the rest of the time while everyone was doing their math drills. So that was, like, 15 minutes every day just, like, getting dysentery and, you know, passing a river and playing pixel art that doesn't exist anymore i'm sad about it but anyway yeah. but yeah like all that potential that people were just refusing to acknowledge or or giving me any accommodations to 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 learn i mean and and that's the thing is seeing how popular south korea is now and how like a lot of people appreciate its culture i think it's great it's wonderful but it feels a little weird to me because coming from where i came from and then them having that kind of spotlight, I'm like, what am I supposed to feel about this? Right. People just, just K- see the. It's
1: not just K right? K-dramas. It's not just K-pop. Yeah.
2: It's not just the dramas. Yeah. There's so much dirt underneath the, the gold that, <laughs> that they don't. We don't know that they don't know. You know,
0: it's 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 and I'm inter- like, dang. It's interesting because I um I had a close friend of mine that when I was living in Israel, she was um she was Filipino and Chinese, and she can't really connect very well with her family in the Philippines because of, you know, certain problems. I, again, I do not want to open up her life. I don't think she would like me to do that. But I'm just trying to give as little, you know, context as I can. But in short, you know, we view a culture from a fisheye, from a telescope. You know, when you're a part of a culture, when you're raised from that world— it feels completely different
2: right and being a total outcast in that culture is a totally different perspective and an experience than you know those who were fell right into the norms
0: george carlin said it beautifully individual we all are unique individuals with our own minds and our own thought so We're three people right now here, and it's not where we live in the same world. We live in three completely different worlds. It's it's crazy and incredible at the same time.
2: So I'm from uh, Coraco, (laughs) Korea, Um, and you said you're from Morocco, David? Um, My
0: family's from Casablanca, Morocco.
2: Okay. So, Mike, where are you from?
1: Um. So, father's from Cairo, mother is from Syria, and um, I was born in Syria. Wow. Yeah.
2: That just gave me chills on its own, just (laughs) because... Why is that? Recent events. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. There's just so much going on, you know, the past year.
1: Oh, it's it's been like that for a long time I mean you know, but people you know most of us don't realize uh that things like this have happened all throughout history it's just that you're being informed of it now um like like there's no tomorrow so the amount of stimuli you get from the the bits of news from around the globe uh, however much of accuracy there may be um, it's still you know, it leaves people kind of uh, like, whoa, that's crazy. But Syria has been through this type of unrest for a long, long time. And I would say it's common for a lot of those countries there.
0: It is. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean. Uh, look look at <laughs>
0: Lebanon. For years, they've been dealing with, with civil wars.
1: Years. Yeah. Their, their own people just can't you know can't get along and it's kind of weird isn't it how we can find a way to get along here in the states and we have yeah. so much diversity um, Right. but we we digress let's uh let's get back on topic here the uh, the thoughts of kind of coming to the u.s did you were you excited to come here like had, had As you a heard? child? Yeah.
2: I don't know. Yeah. It was just a lot because it was, you know, it wasn't all of a sudden, but it was because no matter what, I'm leaving my entire family behind. It was just my parents and me. So regardless of whether it's like a year of preparation, I don't know how long we prepared for, but regardless, it's just like I'm leaving grandparents, cousins, uncles, aunts, everybody behind. and. I've always been lonely um, at that point in life, but I just went with it, I guess. That's all I could. That's the best I can say. It. Um,
1: what, is, what is the, the current?
2: That,
1: Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Go you ahead. Know go.
2: Uh,
1: for, you know, based like on everything that you had mentioned and how you've um, kind of pursued education and the desire to, uh, to educate others and maybe uh, potentially tap into—I uh, don't know—for lack of a better term, maybe talent that's uh, that's in a person to kind of like unleash that. Uh, what's some of the work that uh, you're doing now that uh, that like you can share with us? I'm really curious. I
2: guess there is no like specific work that's like a special work like I did this it's more like I let my past experiences really lead how I teach and how I interact with kids having those low expectations of me because of where what what I looked like um really shaped how I even went about teaching and interacting with people I the only school I've taught at you know um I I I taught at a tier a What's a title one school, which means that majority of the student population is low income. And there's a lot of racial implications with that as well, of course. And so teaching a huge group of um, Hispanic students, a lot of which either weren't born here or their parents brought them here and they didn't have they don't have a lot of money with them that that really resonated with me not only that but you know the entire United States or at least those who are in power um they don't expect my my kids in my school and those like it to succeed to do well and so with that gives me a lot of passion and drive to to help them realize or at least care enough in my class um and Yeah, there's really nothing special that I've done. Just have a lot of compassion and never assume um, what they're dealing with and where they started at.
0: I think one thing that fascinates me the most, and I could be completely wrong. You seem like somebody that when you're in a classroom and when you're with your students, you see yourself a part of you in that other person. And, you know... A mixture of your your passion and what you care about you, you kind of find this balance of how can I do what can I achieve for myself because I have every right to
2: absolutely um, I see myself in each and every one of them which you know it's very painful because you have that empathy and I, there have been many nights where I just lay lay awake because I will literally be crying. I'm like, "Why are you doing this? I know you could do so much better." You know, I wish I could just like give you my brain and give you my what I've experienced and all the all the, the emotional roller coasters that I've been through, but I made it through, and I know you can do that. You know, um, even now I'm like tearing up. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> but um,
2: but ex- that's exactly true. That you got you've hit the nail on the head for sure, David
0: i don't know i i got some superpower mike i don't know maybe oh, after I, watching yes. dr strange you know and I, I don't know i've heard from people if you watch dr strange a certain way you know it, it 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 changes your perspective
2: no i'm kidding
1: what i think it's i
2: think it's i think it's the trauma in us david <laughs> um oh, i recently oh. went back into therapy and she yeah. pointed out that i'm i'm very i'm, I'm very empathic because i've been through a lot of trauma in my life not just like you know having to move to a whole different country leaving my family but i had a, a fairly abusive household part of which was because it was normalized in korea like like beating your kid is normal um and things like that so you always have to be on edge or always have to have your little spidey tinglies ready to vibe out the air so that you don't you know Hit the wrong buttons to, on, with with one of your parents or whoever, so I think that's part of it, David. Maybe you have that too.
0: Oh, I I, I knew the buttons. Thing is, I like pushing them. <laughs> I like pushing all the buttons. No, <laughs> I, I I'll tell you right now. Like I I definitely experienced it. My my dad, my dad was an immigrant. You know, I'm first-generation American, and he went through hell. Like, my dad came here in the 70s. You know, your your parents came after 9-11. My dad came two years after Martin Luther King was assassinated. You know, and then there was John F. Kennedy and then Robert Kennedy and then the Vietnam War was already at high in 1970. So he came here, and he's got all this shit. And the time, you know, that we were born was heartbreaking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My dad gave um, his, my dad gave his soul to keep us alive.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. And that's, you know, we carry that burden with us, like the children of immigrants. And that is a lot of pressure. Um. Uh, you know, part of the thing also that helped me be that empathic teacher is like, yes, you've heard everything I said in the last few minutes, but um, I wasn't able to tell anyone about the abuse I was going through. It wasn't just like a spanking or anything like that. Like, my dad had legitimate issues um, that w- were went unchecked for many years. And he's recently, you know, getting it diagnosed and getting treatment for it. But um you know, i would come home to broken glass i would be beaten with my own crutches like it was bad but i couldn't tell anybody because i'm an immigrant and that stuff you get you can get deported for and in fact um you know although i came in the united states legally which is great it actually helps out later on when you're trying to get things together um my my, my dad lost his work visa because the company he worked for went out of business and one thing that people don't realize who are from here is that like getting a work piece is really hard like people don't want to sponsor you it takes a lot of time and resources like there are there are expendable employees here with who don't need any sponsorships so why would any company want to sponsor my dad who honestly doesn't have like exceptional engineering skills or anything like that but then you know he sees my family sees me like finding success in America. And so why would they also pack up all their stuff and go back to Korea where they're t- t- treating me like nothing? So with that, I I, I, I was undocumented for a long time. And um, I had to, to be living under the shadows while being beaten alive. And um, that gave me a lot of empathy as well. Uh, because that could be um, happening to my students, you know, like I said, they're immigrants themselves and a good number of them are undocumented and I have no idea what's going on in their lives, you know, so that gives me a lot of patience and um, um, room for for kids to feel like my classroom is a warm, safe space. And there have been a handful of them who've told me a lot of things that um, they wouldn't tell their other teachers probably.
0: Probably not.
1: That's that there is something there that when I heard it, um, you know, I I wanted to just kind of bounce back to when I had asked you, like what your current uh, work looks like, and you felt like there was nothing really too significant uh, mentioning, but uh, I feel like in some ways, you're being a little humble there. And um, the reality is you're, you're helping kids who potentially could be, you know, experiencing something like what you experienced. And, um, you know, we need more teachers like that. Um, when we think about where kids are getting the most education um, it should be their parents technically uh, from a very young age, but um Uh, But we can count a few other variables. Let's say social media, uh, entertainment, uh, the Internet, and then, of course, teachers in school and then the students that are in that environment. Uh, The impact that a great teacher can have, someone like yourself, uh, is is very critical for the uh, for the success of these future kids, whatever they may do. Um, Are you uh, what do you call it? are you dealing with large class uh, classrooms or small classrooms, 30 plus, 30, 30 and under?
2: Yeah. So I was, most of my classrooms were about 25, maybe a little less sometimes depending on um, what classroom it is. So a special thing that I was offered starting um, hybrid year, actually, so 2020 to 2021, Uh, My admin, my leadership team, my bosses uh, kind of felt that I have this (laughs) unlimited patience. And so um, they gave me students who were recommended for block math, meaning like two sections worth every single day. So I see them for an hour and a half every day compared to just like an hour or, or like 50 minutes or whatever. And I found a lot of success with them, actually. Um, So just my second year of teaching during hybrid year, that same class that was supposed to be like a specialty class labeled as at risk and low performing, um, I was able to get 92% of them to pass the state exam Um, with all the COVID restrictions, everyone separated and everything like that. And I'm very proud of that um, uh, percentage. And then I was able to get my rest of my students, the quote unquote, on level level to be about, I think seventy-two or seventy-six percent passing, which is, which put me at number three out of my entire team of outdoor ones uh, colleagues. I was the, I was the newest teacher there, so there was, there's obviously some um, some advantages to having this much like empathy and and the kids knowing that, but it takes a a, a lot, it, it takes a big mental toll um for me to to expend like that much energy to each student and um you know and then this past year I left the classroom and I really do kind of feel bad about it but right now the state of education in America is kind of um on fire and that's like an understatement
1: crappy an understatement well
2: (laughs) I left not because of the students so what happened And I know that you guys have, like, watched my TikTok videos or whatever. But I'm on crutches. And um, the day I left, my students pushed me in my classroom. I didn't fall because I was holding on to the doorframe. But you know how, like, whenever you're at a concert concert and, like, the barricade and, like, you know, people pushing it. It was kind of like that. Right. Um, And all the kids are, like, bigger than me. And in that specific class, they're all boys. Except for like three kids. Um, so, the, the so girls why were weren't they pushing?
1: pushing? Me, but... Why were they pushing? Well,
2: so it was it was one of those classes that was like two sections long. And um, part of my classroom management is so that I don't have to like write passes all freaking class. I let them go use the restroom in between the two classes in, during that, that, that passing period. So that, you know, no one has to ask me and I don't have to spend time writing passes. I can use that time to help kids. Well, the day that I left, um, I had already, the team had already finished um, teaching all that content. And it was, it came time to review for the state exam. And and so it was going to be an easy notes day. It was going to just be like, okay, just in case if you forgot how to do all the math stuff that I taught you this year, here are some emergency tricks and emergency stuff because they can they can use this online calculator, which I can't believe. Like I never got that. but Whatever. They can use this Desmos calculator online and there's a bunch of stuff you can do on it that could get you to at least pass. But the notes were going to we're going to take maybe 10 to 15 minutes tops. But I told them if you can't even let me go through these these four problem notes within the first class period, which is 50 minutes long. I'm not letting you use, get go to the restroom during the, the passing period. You're going to have to um, ask me individually when you're working. They didn't let me do that. They The kids were, like, one of them decided to steal another kid's AirPods, and that became a whole huge deal. And the, the kids whose AirPods got stolen um, was just hell-bent on um trying to like find him or trying to find who did it even though it what like my kids do that all the time and it never actually gets stolen they're just playing around and they they, they end up getting the, their device back whether it's a phone or earbuds or whatever but no it was all class and they didn't let me teach that one notes page with four problems on it where it, they all all they had to do was put it in the calculator yeah. so I, I put my phone down i was i was, i, I meant what I said and I said you're gonna have to ask me during class when you're productive so I stood at the doorframe I was like you're not going have a seat that sounds fair yeah it's not I didn't didn't say you can't go ever I don't like controlling people's bladders I'm like 26 (laughs) I'm not I don't have that power shirt going I don't bro (laughs) you know like I'd rather (laughs) let you go right now honestly
0: yeah, when you, it, th- that's by the way, my favorite, my favorite scare to kids. Oh, if you ever want a kid to be, you know, obedient, you say, Look, I'm an adult right now. If my bladder says, Let's go, it's going to make me go. <laughs> Do you understand yeah. this,
2: son? <laughs> like, I, I don't have that power shift to be like, Oh my God, it's it, like, I. I like to see kids suffer. Like, that's not me. I don't know if that's any teacher, but regardless, that's not me. And, but they, they didn't want to have it. And it was passing period. I was at the door, the kids, they pushed their bodies against mine. And I was like, holy crap. But my thought process was once my boss hears about this, like once I tell him, which he did come in my class after that, like, of course, he'll figure it out. Like he'll give consequences. He'll give discipline. Okay. And my boss came in. I laid it out in front of them even. I told them what happened in front of their faces. The couple kids who I specified their names, like they even looked back at him to see if something would happen, if any consequences would be given. And there was nothing. So um, when I had a meeting with him after that class period, there was no, there was no, are you okay? What can I do? It was, you should have let them go to the bathroom.
1: Wow. Did, it he was, hear you, did he hear you out as to like the scenario, how the, how it all played out? Yes. He yeah. heard you out. Okay.
2: Right. Like in class and, 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 and in class, <coughs> I told him in the whole class, like what happened. And, and, and when we had that meeting afterwards, I was like, as, as, as far as what happened, like that whole bathroom situation. That's the, And at that point, he was like, you should.
1: Wow. That's crazy.
2: Um, okay. And then he started to ask me like amateur questions. Like, have you ever tried talking to the kids in the hallway? Have you ever tried using a timer? Like at that point, you know that they're not listening to me. They, don't, they When I ask them to go outside, when I go ask them to go in the hallway, they, talk, they literally tell me no literally tell me no they're not gonna listen to a timer they haven't been um when that one kid whose airpods got stolen when he was you know cutting up in class like walking around like putting his arm around kids and stuff like that hit their necks and heads to be funny and like oh where are my airpods i try to get the campus security i called the emergency number because that's partially what it's for no one's no one answered it that phone was to my ear for 30 seconds. No one was on the other side. It was just crazy. It was none of that should have happened. And at the very least, like my, my boss should have had my back and should have given consequences. When I entered this school, um, this Title I school, it was known as a rough school to teach that. And whenever you talk to other teachers in other schools, they're like, oh, you're there. And I'm like, why are you talking like that? I'm always defending my children. When I went there, when I started there, I fully, wholeheartedly knew that something like that could have happened, that I could be pushed a little bit, whatever. But I thought that at least the adults who are supposed to look after the teachers would do their jobs. And at that moment, when my basic um, safety was in danger, they didn't. So I left. Let it be known that I didn't leave because of my students. I love them. I left because there was bad leadership. And that's not unique to my school. It's happening all across the country. And that's why teachers are leaving.
1: Absolutely. So I've heard that th- that's been going on. And um, would you say that's a primary reason that most teachers are leaving? I- I've heard some of the things, the shootings have been some reasons that people, well, uh, some you, teachers you, have said. You, and
0: Well, you've heard what's going on now with, in, with Ohio. I just recently watched this. So they're, planning on passing a law in Ohio that all principals, vice principals, and I think like deans of the schools are required to have like carry-ons, like guns for protection. And there's like also requirements, like all schools are required to have like an emergency line within the school. Like she was mentioning where you can call in, but there has to be somebody that has to answer. You know what I see? And yeah. just by just by the way that I was raised, Education is not about growing our communities. It's not growing about our societies. It's about a bunch of people that are so bored out of their fucking mind. They're like, hey, I could be a principal. Make 60K. Buy my (laughs) wife some jewelry. Every kiss begins with K. You know, (laughs) one of those places.
2: And, you know, I'm going to disagree with you there. um, there nice. are some you know I think most I think most administrators most leadership uh, members in education or at least in, in schools I don't know about way up way high up within like Texas education agency or or higher up than that like federally but I think a lot of you know principals start off with great 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 intentions and some of them still do have great intentions like I I know a couple. Who are just stand up principals, and I still talk to them this to this day for for guidance and advice. But I had started this uh, school year in grad school to be a principal, um, to have my master's in administration. But after that, uh, after that first semester, I felt it coming. I felt things getting worse towards the end of first semester. I was like, "There's no way, I I can't keep going with this program with how I feel about like just generally things." Um, so I quit despite having a 4.0 the first semester, and I probably could have made it. But um, with the way that my heart works, with my job, um, I would be signing up to kill myself. Not not necessarily like literally physically, but it's just like it would be such a toll that it's not worth like Mentally. money or anything.
1: Well, I mean, I there's got to be a there's got to be a, other ways to uh, to earn. You have it sounds like you have a very special skill and service you can offer uh, the public, and uh, like private private teaching maybe.
2: Yeah, and um, my new job, you know, it's online teaching, but it's like a, at a startup. So it's growing fast, but it's still in like the, the early stages. So it'll allow me to grow fast in a short amount of time. So I'm very excited to see where that would go. Um, but still, I, I can't say that I'm not sad about how things went. You know, I was very excited to, to start and finish my administrative program but, what uh, I, uh, what was your know. dreams
1: What was your dream school to be the principal of Did you have you ever thought of that?
2: No, not really, and I okay. don't think I don't think that's a really good mindset to go in. Okay, because usually the dream school, <clears throat> the dream school is a school that's quote unquote easy to like manage, and usually those are richer schools with more resources, and I don't care about those honestly. I mean, I do, but I don't like. It's not. not I, it. I can't relate to those kids. Like I do to those I, who I are really, having a hard time.
0: Somebody was telling me this. Uh, somebody I know, I don't know personally. It's a friend of my brother's. Um, he posted something a while ago on Facebook where in Sweden, they started this new education program. Basically, where everyone in Sweden, no matter if you're rich or poor, whatever, whoever you are, you're all part of this program. And they basically... It's kind of like a resume. It's basically when kids go there, they have to like give over like a resume of themselves. And then based on that, they fit them into different types of classes. So it's like it's a like kind of like a community school solely based around the kids. So they're the main focus.
2: Would mm-hmm. um, <clears> that work here? I mean, probably. Probably. Maybe. But...
0: maybe I don't know.
2: I have, no idea. I have no idea, but I do know that things need to change. And one thing I feel like, okay, so here's the thing. Like the kids weren't in regular school for like two years. That's pr- That's like the big, one of the big reasons why we're having these issues because kids don't know how to like socialize like they did before. They don't, they didn't learn those skills. They, two years is a lot, is a lot of, oh, sorry. Two years is a long time for kids and their like mental development. And um, so, you know, I taught ninth graders, so they were acting like seventh graders Um, and I I felt it for sure. And that's one grade level I told myself I would never teach. And um, but anyway, so with that said, I feel like schools need more personnel. They need more people helping out, like more teachers. And not only that, but I feel like. They need to focus on social emotional learning more right now than content, meaning that like a lot of the kids are, again, not socialized like they are used to being, but they're traumatized by being isolated for two years. And then we have all these things going on right now. We got Roe v. Wade being overturned. We have um, like shootings and. Like there are so many events that are just crane. so traumatizing, and they're being desensitized by. We need more counselors who actually counsel. We need more behavioral specialists, behavioral therapists. But um, I think yeah. one of my teacher I, friends said it. You know, I can agree. Yes. Uh,
1: I was gonna say that uh, I definitely agree because I see it in my my kid too. She be she's four now and about to turn five in a few months. And, um, there is a development delay, um, it's concerning, it's frightening, uh, and breaks my heart. So I can imagine if other parents are feeling the same thing and, uh, but, uh, there was another part to it, but I want, I wanted you to actually finish. You, you said you had spoken to some friends or you were speaking to some friends
2: yeah they were they put it eloquently in saying that we're you know especially in high school we're forced to teach complex concepts that require a lot of attention and uh, and just better behavior but we're dealing with behavior that is at an elementary level um for lack of a better words and we can't do both we can't have these these academic standards and also be dealing with these behaviors at the same time um but teachers are being forced to now, and and even when when events like you know teachers being pushed or something physical happening, they're expected to just um, brush it off and keep going, and we just can't.
1: And until until somebody actually gets hurt, and then like what the hell do you do then? Um, that's unreasonable, and uh, it's it's an unsafe environment for educators who literally are giving up uh, quite a bit. Of course, there's a salary. People get paid for their jobs, but it's an important job. There was an aspect of what you had said that I was reflecting on as you continue to speak. And um, the fact that uh, uh, emotional emotional growth is something that should be focused on more rather than uh, the traditional tools of measurement, like how they're passing tests, whether or not they're learning the content and retaining the content. Uh, But I feel like it's a, that's the fundamental, one of the fundamental problems of the education system is like they've developed developed this tool for measuring how a child should be progressing in some of these, I guess, basic areas. Uh, But it's two dimensional. I feel like there's, there's a lot more that is being skipped. Uh, perhaps maybe back when this was developed, uh, they weren't really considering these other things like emotional growth. That's that's your parents job. That's not that's not school. That's not public school. We should be I'm, doing that.
0: Uh, I mean, we, we've kind of touched on this. I actually knew somebody that was raised like this. Uh, she was raised on like literally kind of like a commune, like her parents were hippies. And her education was, they used to take the kids out, and they used to have this personal little garden, and all the kids would grow whatever fruits and vegetables that they wanted, and then they were put on a uh, curriculum throughout the day, of like when to go take care of the plant, you know, make sure everything was taken, out, you know, taken care of. It had the right sunlight. It had the right water, and that was part of their program. And she said that she developed two skills very early on. One was compassion, and the other one was empathy. By them like doing these things of like creating a garden or maybe weaving a basket or doing clay pottery, they're creating a unity with these kids. So they're, they're feeling, they're seeing, they're doing, they're seeing reaction, they're seeing all of these things. What is math all about? What and is- you
2: know, that's, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I do realize that. And I, I I love that you mentioned that. And that's why, like, the way that I teach, um and that's why I love teaching algebra. And I, I know a lot of people think there's nothing, to, like, what does that have to do with the real world? One of my biggest strengths and specialties is relating math to the real world. Um, that relevancy is super important to me. Um, part of it because... Because of math, I was able to part that was part of the reason why I was able to get out of that low income like immigrant kind of headspace or or status to um kind of focusing on budgeting and like and like compound interest early those things I learned in algebra one and algebra two and you know now I have like a retirement account and like a bit of a savings account and stuff like that and I think that's amazing to me and, I, and because I have that that experience that's also part of my drivers of, of why I love teaching math. And I, I, I teach with that lens in mind. Um, I teach from the perspective of data analysis and like basic uh, financial literacy and kids really enjoy that. But the problem that I have faced doing that is not with the students, but with admin. Um, My, my boss came in one time. And we were do- doing this great project. And it wasn't even a project. It was like a, a, a an assignment that was going to go over like a day or two. And it was about buying cars. Um, we we're doing exponential functions pretty soon. And I introduced car buying because that's all exponential functions. That's all interest. And, you know, how the car value you see in a, in a commercial is not what you're going to end up paying, especially if you're going to pay it for a longer time. And... Um, these are things that a lot of kids are not taught in school, but especially when you're low income and you're disadvantaged, like you're more likely to mess up in that area and be more taken advantage of and be more ripped off. But when my boss came in, he was like, why are you not doing the, the same, what, I, uh, what your team is doing? This isn't in the calendar. This isn't the objective. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? Man i couldn't <laughs> I can't be more glad to be out of there, honestly. Um, I know I, I, that I was doing a service to my kids, and that's what it was what was what mattered to me
0: i can't I, I I can't agree with you more. I am a proud owner of a car that has zero APR payments. Yes, they are high, but I paid for my car exactly twenty two thousand six hundred and eighty three dollars. Do you know how much I'm paying for my car? twenty two thousand six hundred and eighty three dollars
2: absolutely, and you know what you know, um, not only as like an immigrant kid, but like being four eleven and a girl who looks like me, especially the like I love to wear pink and like dogs and stuff like going into a car um dealership, they think they have things in the bag, they think they'll rip me off the house, right, no. I left with what I what I was going to pay for. They tried to rip me off. I walked out with my crutches, too. I walked out, and they came after me. I was like, that's right.
0: Wow. I'm not doing this. I was uh, wearing yeah. a pink that, that skirt must,
2: with Dalmatians on my top, okay?
0: That must have been so weird if, like, you know, you had the news Channel 11 just driving by, and they're like, oh, my God, and they just come out of there, you know? And you're there on television being like, yeah, I walked out. They were ripping me off and they're like, whoa, you know?
1: But yeah, that's, on, that's, like, a, that's news, a huge but... story.
2: Is that I, I should have been on a news. That'd be... Yeah.
1: That would have blown up for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, like I think you're, you're uh, looking at it through the lens, as you said, is um, absolutely uh Absolutely the best thing uh, for kids. We, we don't understand when we're young, the importance of math, uh, but also finances and how they kind of, they, they kind of work together, you know, basic math. Um, but uh, all the other principles that can help you build wealth and, and live a better life than you would without the knowledge. Um, and also all this other shit you're talking about. Uh, I went through it too. The car, you know, the car dealership did rip me off. So here's a story where it did happen to me, but my alternative was walking away and not getting approved at another dealership. I was like, I should probably take this because I really don't know if my credit's going to hold up anywhere else. Um, But it does happen. And um, and it happens all too often if you're not really, really like careful or you're too excited or too emotional. And uh, I feel like that's, A critical part of education that's missing is, I mean, sure, if you want to major in finance, but that comes in much later in your life. Like um, some of these more basic principles of money, finance, balancing, you know, budgets, uh, living within your means, like these are all things that kids aren't going to get. I mean, how many st- – uh, I don't know what uh, education level you were teaching, but uh, I'm sure you've heard of college students blowing through a lot of their like uh, financial aid money. <laughs> You're smiling, right. so you've heard this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just bad news. That's bad management. You know what I'm, you know I'm going to do with my financial aid
0: money when I get it? I'm going to put it towards paying off my debt. Yeah. That's because
2: the way to do it. You should do that.
0: Because I'll tell you something like, I'm changing, I'm actually funny, like you're starting a new job, I'm starting a new career, I'm going into cosmetology school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm I'm excited about this because I've been doing customer service for four years. You know, I love helping people, I love being the person on the phone and being able to give person a great experience, like we care about them, we want to help you. And it's gone. Like I'm working for a company. It's just doesn't exist anymore. And I I say to myself, I can make something of myself of being where I can listen to people. I can make them feel special. I can make their day better for themselves. This has to do with education, right? You don't want a kid to sit there being bored out of their fucking mind. You want them to sit there and be like, oh, wow. Engage Uh, them. Yeah. Isn't that the whole thing right. about education? Is communication. We right. connect. Now, we we create something together.
2: So I always start my lessons with a warm up that's like kind of mind blowing in the sense that like. Like I said, are I related to the topic, but like um for example, our our first the first thing I teach is like domain and range. Domain is just time, and range is just like whatever heck you're um measuring so domain is time range can be like i don't know if you're trying to do a fitness thing your 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 weight or your inches or domain is time uh x and range can be money or it literally is anything you're measuring that's it that's it and then solving for x is just budgeting you have whatever number on the right side that you're saving up for x is time and your b your y intercept is how much you have right now saved up And so you're trying to figure out like how much you need to save up every month to get to where you want to be. Like, that's it. And that's how I frame all my lessons. Um, but yeah, my, my new job when I interviewed for it, it was like made for me. They, they asked me questions. I always wanted my employers to ask me in the, in the, in that frame of reference, like with relevance in mind. So I'm very excited. Um, But it was just so heartbreaking whenever my boss came in my classroom and he was telling me, like, uh, I was doing this great project, but then he was telling me, like, I wasn't matching with anything else that everybody else is doing. That was very disheartening. Um, That just tells me you don't actually care. So,
1: well, they just care about the numbers, right? It's like, do it by the metrics that we have been given by the district or county. And um, and just make sure they retain it and pass their tests. So the next year, absolutely,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we're at a time where like caring about the actual students is more important than ever before. We're at a time where where they're just not numbers anymore. We can't we can't treat them that way, like even more so now because of all the 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 issues we've had with COVID and what they're dealing with. So I don't know where things are going right now. It doesn't look very great. Um I'm going to try my best to do the best I can. To affects what to affect what I can, but but in any case I don't know.
0: The world is changing. You It's funny because we we talked about Rovius Wade on on the last podcast and we were talking about it being overturned then unfortunately it was. But you, you know what That's so dumb. But you know what? You know why I was angry? I wasn't angry because um, Rovius Wade was overturned. I was angry because nobody was talking about the education. Nobody was talking about the education for women. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? What is this? 1953? Like, come on. What what is taking so long? No is getting them. Right, it's just I mean, so
1: much resistance, man. Too much. Just, what do you call them? Alta cockers.
0: Alta cockers.
1: <laughs> alta cockers.
0: White old Jew, white old I'm Jewish so I can be racist towards my own people. <laughs> um, <laughs> white old Jews. White old Jews are called alta cockers. Yiddish. <laughs>
1: And no, that's what I call to, them. out the Come to think of it, come to think of it, I think I may have I may have heard that term before, either in a movie or something. Is it something that's actually said?
0: You'd be surprised. David. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. This is a, my weird moment with my weird culture.
2: <laughs> We're all good. It's all good. As long as I'm not saying it, it's all good.
0: <laughs> no, you could say it. I give you full permission. No. I as a I re- Jew give her permission to say it. No. But anyway.
1: Forget about,
0: forget about it. Forget about it. Get out of here.
2: About forget it. about it. Oof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation, Mike. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, I
1: know.
2: Did y'all find me? It was just so random
0: i have a thing on matchmaker which is where i want genuine people on here i want people right. that are passionate they want to share their stories we've had some really cool people here mike from matchmaker it's been it's been like a whirlwind and then i looked at your profile and i was like it's perfect i told this to Mike the last time i'm like anybody that has a profile that has a like a biography that's six chapters yeah, long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's a lot of them.
1: I'm They're, like, I'm out of here. A lot of them.
0: I'm out of here, and I love it. Like I've had a few yeah. people like yours. It's just the sweet. Professionals and
1: everything. They're.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Business mogul.
1: Realtor. To find, coach. Yeah, teacher, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cryptocurrencies. <laughs> yeah.
2: that's how you market yourself people people are ramble too much you need you need you need a three maybe three sentences
0: focus Focus. this is see (laughs) we do society and culture right okay we did star trek okay don't blame us all right we had our moment but in general we talk about society and culture I'm i'm not interested in finding people that have a bajillion titles. What we're looking for is simple. What exactly do you do? And what exactly can you offer? Again, we've made this very clear before in the past. Financial-wise, we'll see what happens in the future. But that's not the point of having this. capiche For yeah.
1: oh, sure. Well, I agree. You know, you know like, like there's all these people on, um, on Matchmaker and it's an, it's an interesting platform, but when you see those types of profiles, I just see it. Like my initial thought is uh, maybe you're really eager to, to get these interviews. What, like, why, why do you want to get in front of this camera so bad? And like, you don't care who the channel is or what they're going to be talking about. You're just, I get a lot of DMS uh, through matchmaker too. And it's kind of, some of it is ridiculous. It's, cut and paste i don't i don't even think they're even curious about what we're talking about
2: yeah (laughs) um and you know i understand like you have like a basic pitch but change it up a little bit like come on now uh i do that you know and i read i read what the podcast is about and then i and i I tailor fit my my pitch with it that's basic (laughs) one-on-one what the heck it's working
0: Our podcast is plain and simple. Two stone dudes, hot <laughs> conversation. You could bring your <laughs> own, could bring your own food. Yeah. Be my guest. That's it.
1: And that's the beauty of, you know, uh, Zoom Zoom meetings. Yeah. We can zoom, yeah. you know, three, four, five people. You can bring your own weed.
2: Ooh. No weed here yeah i'm gonna make that clear that, that's cool I'm, i don't i don't do that <laughs> no that's fine yeah it's cute but like, i just want to because i know like some of my students like listening i'm like no i'm i literally do not please do yeah. not we're know. not
0: uh we're we're not promoters yeah, we're not you know it's like i said again we're society and culture. that's what
1: we do i mean yeah. we just happen we just happen to right. smoke weed that's
0: it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all
1: it is. A time where it's a, where it's a great time to to do so. It's, it's uh, legalization is on the horizon. But and- if it's
0: right for you, yeah. If it's something that you want to do, again, I'm making this clear.
2: Thank you for this opportunity to speak with you both. Um, go ahead and follow me at Hey on tiktok and instagram honestly i only do tiktok i, I am not really good at doing uh, multiple ma- uh, social media pro- platforms at once but anyway H-E-Y-M-S dot ms.cphamos.cerebral dot palsy on tiktok thank you so much again
0: and be be sure to check in the comments we'll put all of the links down below all right bye we have reached the end well not really it's just the end of the podcast we really appreciate your support listening and our guests that come on that share their incredible stories be sure to check out our description box we have social links where you can find us all over the place and also our other podcast jam Bam with mike and dave so here's to next week on
1: lost in the groove